All right, Jimmy, uh, are you there? I, I I am still currently here. We have uh, haven't had any technical technical difficulties yet. So, Michael, hello. It's it's so good. I mean, it's refreshing really to be face to face with you, recording a soccer podcast again. Uh, I've spent a little time away. You know, the Bobcast has come and taken over, but it was time for the, Rooster. The Bobcast is fantastic. Oh, have you been listening? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I uh, had my ill-fated uh, guest appearance a couple weeks ago, but no, it's been it's been fun, and I think that like the project you guys got going on there, like like I love like the grassroots feel and like the like uh, just you know how passionate you guys are about you know your local soccer team. I think that's what uh, that's what I love about um, that's what I love about American soccer. That's not MLS. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice group of guys. We are having fun with it. Uh, Adam, Adam, fucking idiot. <laughs> Alex, Jake, uh, uh, Sam. It's been been a lot of fun. And so, yeah, happy to happy to do it. Happy that we're pumping out content at a very alarming rate. Now we were so stuck on like ninety nine for weeks and weeks and weeks. We just couldn't hit that hundred, and then. We hit 100 episodes and then it started flowing again. So it's been nice to have content too. Absolutely. That's what everybody's here for, a little content. Do you think Helder listens to the Bobcast? I hope he does. Like, uh, you know, if he appreciates the content that we put out, I think he he should. Like, you know, as somebody who is uh, learning to get into uh, into football in general, I think that uh, it could be educational for him. So, Helder, if you're listening to this, I hope you're listening to the Bobcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Heldy. And uh, we'll also apologize for the quality. James and I can't figure out Zencaster together, so we're back on Skype. But if you're listening, you don't give a fuck. It sounds good enough. <laughs> Close so, enough. So uh, it's been a while since we've talked about soccer. Who do you want to go first? Um, you know what? Let's go. Let's go back to our roots. Let's uh, let's look at the. Premier League, um, you know, yeah. we, we didn't really talk about anything that's happened over the summer because um, it's been a quiet summer and, you know, in the Bobcast has taken precedent. And then also we got, uh, 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 you know, game week number one underneath our belts here. So um, as I uh, let's, let's start with you guys, because I, I mean, I think that, you know, Tottenham obviously has had a very, very uh, present and uh, newsworthy summer and. Uh, kind of culminated in, uh, in your first uh, first game there last Saturday. Tell me a little bit about how the last couple of months have been for you. Sure. I mean, I wish Tyndall was here because he probably knows the facts a little better than I do as a whole, as far as transfers in and everything. But I will first say it was just so exciting to have Premier League back, turn on the TV in the morning, game, then games all day, and just wonderful soccer flowing action all weekend long. From now until May, and that's just fantastic news all around. Um, but Tottenham Hotspur specifically, they came out against Southampton and they fucking rolled them. It's awesome. Four one, they went down oh one, and then came back and scored four unanswered goals. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking awesome. They rolled out a very familiar lineup the first week. It was the lineup that ended last season, so. Not a whole lot of changes with the uh, the new signings coming in, but they were playing so great end of the season that everyone's happy, especially with the four nil or four one trouncing of Matt Newhausen's uh, beloved Southampton. Did you watch the game? Yes, uh, I, I actually did. So uh, um, as I uh, mentioned earlier with you and Tyndall, I've been uh, I did work this weekend, but I had to work from home because I was sick. Uh, so, uh, the side benefit was I get to watch, I get to watch, uh, the, the, the first week's worth of games, which was, uh, which was entertaining. Uh, maybe not great for me, but we can get to that later. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. I, I, I forgot how much I miss the premier league, uh, in my life and, uh, you know, absorbing some of that content. So it was, it was good to have it back for sure. Yeah. And, uh, Tottenham just put on a, a lovely display. It was funny that they get four goals and Sonny and, 
and Harry are both not on the score sheet. That's very unusual. But I think it's good though, right? Like, I mean, you guys talk about, about like, like I mean, you know, you guys have been rating that, you know, you know, anywhere from like four to seven the last couple seasons, but it's been all Harry and all Sunny, and you know the 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 window you guys had in January as well as the window you guys had this this summer bringing in lots of depth bringing in that that quality talent that's going to be able to help you know cover those days where you know Harry or Sonny doesn't have to score I think it's going to be huge for you guys uh not just in the Premier League but across the uh you know other competitions this year so it'll be good yeah I mean obviously they have Champions League to play for which is Awesome. I mean, when your team doesn't have it for a few years and even playing the Europa Conference League last year, Champions League football is going to feel pretty amazing again. I'm very excited. Uh, the draw, I guess it's soon. I think Champions League qualifying is kind of wrapping up, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was like the video I sent you guys, like, because, you know, Rangers is in the Champions League qualifying. I uh, had a, a big comeback game. Um, can't remember the name of the team, but uh, Malik Tillman uh, had an awesome header. Uh, they won three nothing to win three two on uh, uh, on score difference. So, um, but yeah, so they they got to be in close to being done. I want to say, I want to say it's end of August for the draw, something like that. Nice, yeah, and that starts in the fall, I, I guess. I, I, the timeline's all weird because of the World Cup this year. I'm not sure. When. Yeah, actually, I have no, I have no idea how this looks because this is this is all brand new to to everybody, right? Yeah. Like, it's never what been a, a fall. Huge so. disruption in the schedule. Three and a half weeks. Good lord. Three and a half weeks of epic football, though, which I I love the World Cup. But <laughs> now we're now we're just diving uh, deep down a weird rabbit hole. We can yeah we, move back to the prem. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Villa is the obvious choice for the next analysis i didn't talk much about uh, that, so maybe we'll save that for uh for later yeah i, I don't want to talk too much about the game in general obviously the game was disappointing um i'm still and you know there's lots of stuff going on like on the internet because everyone wants to be uh you know chicken little when you start the season off with a loss but you know they had a really good uh summer transfer window they got their targets early um carlos uh, Kamara, um, Coutinho, and so like the, a lot of these guys have got to work together all season, and they had a really good preseason. So um, it was disappointing to see them play the way they did coming out uh, the first week. But um, you know, I still have a lot of faith in the team that's assembled, and uh, you just want to you just hope to see a little more passion from them, and and hopefully uh, you know Stevie is the right steward to write the ship, and you know, I'm not ready to. Him just yet. Yeah, I mean, what's a reasonable timeline for him at this point? Full I, mean, I think, like, uh, I mean, they, uh, fair or not, they, they gave Dean Smith, you know, only like a couple months at the start of last year. Um, but that five game losing streak is really what did him in. Um, yeah. I think by percentage wise, he's not that much, he's not that higher, much higher than, um, uh, than Dean Smith at this point. I want, and going back to last season, I think they got like two wins in like close to 15, 16 games um, it, in the Premier League. So your fan base, at least on Twitter, is is ridiculous in my my opinion. It is. Here's the thing: like I know Villa hasn't been, especially like in your um in your scope of fandom where they haven't been like huge. But like Birmingham's like I think the fourth biggest city in. Uh, and England and what's the fourth biggest, the biggest team in the US and I'll let you know if I'm impressed <laughs> fourth biggest city in the US is uh, Houston um, I'm not impressed <laughs> you're, not, you're not impressed okay yeah. that's fair but, but uh, either way um, I don't know it's, it's, a, it's a big city it's a big club and so like there is like, like lots of lots of followers so um, and maybe you just see it more on Twitter because you know we're half Spurs, half Villa, so we get lots of Villa stuff on Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, it's super disappointing, but I think that uh, I'm, I'm still believing in the construction of the team, and um, I still believe in the coach, and I think that they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, all, all fair. It's it's one game, too. Any any real opinion at this point is just 
pure overreaction by anybody. It's one, one fucking game. Everybody's got to relax. 100%. What else, uh, what else did you catch this weekend as far as the Prem? Um, so I did get to watch uh, um, the White Walkers play against West Ham. Um, curious about they are Holland. They like I saw somebody on Twitter like say like while I was watching because I was kind of tweeting and watching. Uh, someone say like, "Oh, you know, City just looks off," and I'm like, I'm "Like, no, they don't. They look fucking terrifying. Like, it is, it is everything that you've come to expect from from City. Um, like the last couple seasons underneath Pep, while also adding just a terrifying goal scoring robot at center forward." Um, she's so going to be scary fast. and De Bruyne so on the ball is fucking terrifying and if anybody doesn't recognize that as a supporter of any other team you're a dumbass because it's terrifying the, the fact that the, like they were like they like figured it out like inside of like 70 minutes of the first game I should just be like oh you guys are like you guys are all that run behind and yeah. and a ball was it was like it was beautiful beautiful football but it was fucking terrifying machine like it was it was two passes one from the defense to De Bruyne and then through to Holland and then ridiculous speed of a goal and they you know the pundits have all comment uh, commented that it's a new style for City because. They are used to controlling the ball and then sitting back, but now they have those like balls in behind. Now, now I'm an, I sound like an idiot, though. No, 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 I, I, no. I, I get what you're saying. Like it's, they can be more direct. Like even, even in the Aguero years, it was still build up, and then it got around the box, and that dude was going to, for lack of a better term, poach a goal. Like now, you don't have to wait to poach the goal if you don't want to. If the opportunity is there, like, Erling will will expose that defense and, like, can get, like, a quick one. So, like, now you've added, like, you know, mind-numbing possession with, like, a blitzkrieg of an offense when they want to. So. Yeah. And when when you actually have a counterattack, their counterattack punch is just violent. Oh, it's, and, yeah. It's so crazy. And, like, they, I mean, they barely even flexed they didn't even have to flex Calvin Phillips. Like, is Rodri still, like, uh, one of the best center defensive mids in the game? There's um, a balance in the Prem now, unfortunately, with City. And, yeah, it's pretty I, apparent, I also, in my opinion. And I don't did see you, them, uh, slowing down. Did you watch the Liverpool game? liverpool Fulham game? Um, No, I did not catch that one at all, actually. So that was that was the other one. I watched that first half because it was it was early on, um, and and honestly, like I mean, hats off to Fulham. They like they literally took it to Liverpool the entire time, and like Liverpool didn't look like they were awake yet. Like I think that um, like they showed flashes, and you know, while Nunez is going to show up on the score sheet, like he got like a lucky. <laughs> He got a lucky right place, right time goal, and then a lucky right place, right time assist. But I mean, he has to be in the right place, right time. I think he's. I like. I, I wasn't trying to knock the kid. I think he's going to be really good. He's not going to be Holland, which is just unfair. Um, but he's going to be a really good player. Uh, but you know, they just looked like asleep, and, and Fulham just just pressed the fuck out of them the entire game. It's a theory. Um, maybe Fulham is actually pretty solid. Or- you know, I, I, you could argue that after a 2-2 draw against Liverpool in the first game of the season. I, yeah, think I mean, they played, they played really well. They would have a hard time. They would have a hard time playing at that level. Like I, and, until they do it, like I don't, I, I don't believe they'll be able to play at that level every single game for 38 games. Like so much remains to be seen. First game of the season, they punched Liverpool in the mouth first too. So. That changes a, a game's complexion, especially first game of the season. So, I don't know. I don't know. As long as, as, long as Tim Ream is your starting center back and your captain, you're doomed. I think Jedi played a lot, right? Oh, Jedi played the entire game. He, he was great. Like, for, 
nice. large sections, he basically shut down Salah. Now, granted, uh, uh, Mo did pretty well, like in certain stretches, but large part, like he belongs. He's definitely. He's definitely the most improved U.S. defender that I can remember seeing in the last year. He was my—he was one of my favorite players in qualifying for sure. He just brought so much energy to the squad, and he's exciting going forward and put good balls in. There's just nothing wrong with uh, Anthony Robinson. No, I think that's the part of his game though. He's improved on those. Like going forward was an issue. It was the the tracking back and the covering and the man-to-man defense. And he, at least, you know, in the first game against, you know, a world-class player like like Mo Salah, like he looked, he looked like he belonged in the Premier League, and so that was, you know, that was refreshing to see from him. Um, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, he's got that left spot unlocked for World Cup. He's as long as he doesn't get injured, that's our starting left back. He's Greg Berhalter's first choice all through qualifying. So that's it. So I have to have to ask a question about the Villa game too. Jonathan Lerma scored in the second minute. Did you catch the goal? And he is he still just I did. An absolute prick? <laughs> you know what? Like he uh he was very opportunistic. He was off uh so here's the like here's the crazy thing about this first goal, right? Is that like they got onto the field and the game started and the referee noticed um before the corner that uh, Luca Dean had still had uh, a chain on, still had jewelry on, and made him leave the field to remove his jewelry. So he wasn't even on the pitch for the corner. So they put a man down on the corner. That's it amazing. goes like all, it goes all the way across, bounces down, and it bounces out to Lerma from like seven yards out, and there's no one around on him. Um, so yeah, it was just homeboy ref like waited till after that play to get the. The jewelry off. Come on, man. You, you, oh, what time? Fucking Luke, you got to take that stuff off before you get to the field, man. Come on. Well, like you're a professional, like, and not like a rookie professional. Like, you've been around for a while. You know how this works. Uh, it, it just, it was such a, uh, let the air out of the balloon moment to have them score that early. Um, yeah. No, it, yeah, it, the Lerma thing I didn't even think of, but yes, that was, uh, and- what happened? Oh, bad way start. They scored again in the 80th minute. So how did you guys play in between those two goals? Were you on the front foot? Uninspired. Like they Ooh. they never they never really challenged. Um, you know, I, I, like uh, in the first half, Ings started right, um, and he had a couple opportunities, like buzzing around up there, but like nothing that really challenged Bournemouth. And like they went side to side. They like uh, they got pressed a lot. Um, I can't remember the name of the center the center forward who scored the second goal for for Bournemouth. Um, he just bullied uh, Carlos and Conza all day. Like they did not win an aerial battle to save their lives. Um, if that doesn't scream for Tyrone Mings, I don't know what does. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they just looked uninspired. I see a lot of scuttlebutt on uh, on the old Twitter. I think that. I think it was one of those things that Stevie said, Hey, we need to take club captain in a different direction for, for whatever reason. And I don't think that, I don't think that like from what I saw, at least, I mean, as much as you can infer via online postings, whatever, it didn't seem like Mings was that upset about it. And he genuinely like, you know, came out and made like a really good statement about backing John McGinn and what a good player he was and what a good leader he was. And I think all this stuff was well and good, but something something must have been said or happened because, you know, uh, DVG said after the game that Mings would, Mings could play once he was able to come and look DVG in the eye and tell him that he was ready to play. Like that maybe he was like moping around about losing it, blah, blah, blah. Like, and the thing is, is like, I, I know Mings makes mistakes, man. Like he, not a ton, but he like he will make mistakes and, and glaring ones. Um, and maybe he gets blown up a little bit more than he should. But that dude plays like his heart out, and that like that part is missed. Like that part was missed against Bournemouth, where you saw tons of uninspired performances. Um, I like that was 
that was the most talented team I've seen, you know, in my few years of being a fan, um, you know, since the Grealish years um, on the field as far as a collection of talent and the least inspired energy I've seen. And I think that speaks volumes to Mings not being on the field. So. Wow. So you, uh, you love Tyrone Mings, I dare say. You'd prefer him on the field, rather. I would rather have him on the field than Kanza. Like, I think that Diego Carlos is uh, a dick in the right way, and I think that he does less things well, but aerial battles are not one of them. I think that Carlos and Mings could be good yin and yang, and I like Kanza, but he's he's just not there to start. Like, uh, he doesn't do anything particularly fantastic. Um, he got beat up a ton by, again, I'm, I, I, I apologize to this Bournemouth player because this, this, uh, the forward for, for Bournemouth that scored the second goal just absolutely abused Ezra Kanza the entire time. So. Yeah, more. Oh, the Maryland Bobcast in the house. Uh, how's it going, Jake? It's going good. Just got off work, a little, little tired, but I couldn't resist the opportunity when you texted me. So I was like, yeah, definitely going to do this. Yeah, I mentioned it in the last time we recorded just on Sunday night. I was like, hey, are you interested in regular Rooster and the Villain? And he said, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, let's go. And we have a Brighton supporter in the house. So we have a whole new perspective on the, on the podcast. Oh, Brighton doesn't get a whole lot of love, so... It's going to be Brighton. Brighton might have the best manager in the Premier League right now. Oh, definitely. I, I, um, I mean, obviously, I'm a little, I'm a little biased, but I'm, I'm very pleased in what they're doing. And then, like, I got my Valencia shirt on. It was the first thing I threw on. Um, my other European club. Just the contrast of screwing around with managers, and it's nice to have like a set presence. I, uh, I read I read online uh, that like 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 a whole nother level of Graham Potter like fucking with people was uh, for Eric Ten Hag's uh, opening matches Man United manager Graham Potter set up his team in a three four three uh, old Dutch formation just to beat Ten Hag with the Dutch formation at Man United like that's like a whole like. He's playing 40 chess. Everyone else is just fucking playing checkers. Oh yeah. The um I I I like to think that that's what he did. Part of me part of me thinks he was nervous about Cucurella being gone, but I I really love to see um I really love to see us beat teams in the big 6 because then you get that hashtag teams like Brighton uh banter. Absolutely. How good was Cucurella? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk to him. Whatever. No. What was going on with Lamptey? Why didn't he start? Was he just preseason he, stuff? Or? He is in... I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, someone to compare him to. I guess in, like, national team sense. Like, you know, like, Diego Linez? Like, they don't know what position he is, I don't think. I think Graham Potter is absolutely ecstatic that he's on the team. But he's supposed to be a right-back but he's so good in attack. I think like how they lined up this time, the three, four, three, I think they're going to work him in as that right midfielder. And he's going to be very, very high. Cause that, that kid is, he's so small, but he's so fast. He's, he's super talented. I think, uh, I think there's just a, a treasure trove of guys on the team. Like um, obviously going back to the whole big six thing, we don't have, that massive of a squad, but like the guys that are on it, everybody meshes well to the point of where it's like, who, who's going to start. They all can start kind of thing. That was, uh, that was my favorite. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Gary Neville. Right. So like, uh, I'm, I'm a converted Villa fan. I grew up United fan quit after the super, super league stuff. Cause that was my final straw. But like, my favorite comment from Gary Neville was is that the best Man United player on the pitch on Saturday was Danny Welbeck, uh, obviously Academy <laughs> graduate. Um, he did. He he absolutely bossed the hell out of that United defense. He, like every time they played the ball up to him, his touch was superb. 
Uh, they're playing off him. Obviously, the the assist um, that he had, like he he, well, he was fantastic as well. If he stays healthy, that could be a huge uh, huge piece for you guys. Oh, absolutely. I think like like how we were talking about Lamptey guys, like Lamptey, Caicedo, Mwepu, um, and then now Colwell coming in, like very, very young squad. And then guys like Welbeck and Lalana who had a good game as well. Like those guys are so instrumental. Like you need dudes like that, guys that have, you know, played on, you know, top clubs. Yeah, so what are, uh, you know, what are the goals for, for a Brighton supporter at this point in the season? Because this uh, close to European competition last year, right? Yeah, I think we were two spots out maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, Conference league? Or, ninth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, we had a chance to make the Conference League, which I think is should be the goal this year is Conference League because I think that's the perfect tournament for Brighton. And yeah. then uh, I would love to see a deep cup run. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. FA so, Cup's the most fun, obviously, but Carabao is also good as well. You want to talk about the game a little bit with uh, United on Sat on is it Saturday or Sunday or Sunday? Sunday. I was uh, I was actually on a plane ride home during the game. I went back and uh, watched a little bit of it. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, I made a uh, I made some money off Brighton. Actually, they. Um, of the sports gambling I did last year, they were my biggest earners because they just kept giving me ridiculous odds. The the Tottenham match, the Arsenal match, and the other Manchester United match from the end of the season. And now this Manchester United match, I think it was like plus 500 for a win. So I was like, oh my God, I'm taking that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Might as well throw the, it um, the, the I forgot exactly where I heard it or where I read it. I think it might have been on Twitter somewhere, but I think it was... Like I think the difference in the game was you have a, a a team in Brighton that none of these guys are legitimate superstars at this point in their career, but they all have that singular goal of like let's go out and shock the world kind of thing. And then you have Manchester United who's got a Portuguese anchor attached to them, and then a bunch of other guys that may be disgruntled. And then from what I heard, um, <laughs> Ten Hogs. <That's> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Ten Hag, from what I understand, um, to quote uh, Arrested Development and Caught Offside, is uh, he's been a bit of a disciplined daddy. And uh, I, I think some of the guys, like you get that superstar mentality, is but you see it in the soccer world where these guys just don't want to, like, who who that for you? I'm, I'm a millionaire. You can't tell me what to do kind of thing. Like, no, I'm not going to run extra laps. So who's this guy that always scores against Manchester United? I don't even know how to say his name. It's like Pascal Gross. R-O with a weird B. It's gross. Gross, yeah. Dang. No wonder I don't know how to pronounce that. There was there was rumors of him taking over the left-back spot, either him or Solly March, but both of them, I believe Solly March played as like a right mid, and then uh, Gross was in an attacking spot. And uh, that guy... Just an, another one of those dudes, like we were saying, um, like everybody's got that singular goal and like you can't really, it's hard to take someone out because everybody meshes with everybody. Gross is just, he's a grinder, man. Like I, I love, I love that dude for this team. Where does he, uh, where does he play in the field? Uh, in this game, he was an attacking mid. I see him, yeah, on the right side there. So, yeah, who do you guys play next week? Next week we have um, Newcastle. Ooh. Ooh, that's a fun one. Stripes. Stripes on stripes on stripes on stripes. <laughs> Blood Money FC. <laughs> you oh, have maybe a, uh, uh, maybe had Christian Poole isn't here. Go with Jimmy's question. What was that? I said maybe with uh, Christian Pulisic, yeah. He goes on loan oh. to Newcastle. I hope he Wait, is that is that confirmed or? No, no, no. no. Nah. Oh, I was gonna oh, say that'd be yeah, huge for crazy him. season. It would be huge I for s- him. I, ho- I hope it happens. I saw that Tuchel had had made a comment either to reporters or to someone that reported it to reporters that he he had given up on Pulisic, and then 
what's his name? The other the other attacker for Chelsea just got sent back to Leipzig. Yep, Timo Werner. Yeah. Actually, Rooster in the Villa had a very popular tweet today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, hold on, hang on. So, so Tuchel sucks, is my opinion. And whenever I see him complaining about his attacking players, he, he spent like, you know, $500 million on attack. And that's not even an exaggeration. The man's never fucking satisfied. Fuck Tuchel. I hate Tuchel. And, and the manager, uh, our boy Pulisic, I hate him even more. So <laughs> I would love for Pulisic to get out of there. I would love nothing more than that. Jake, you got uh, this uh, tweet that's popping off on Twitter from, from Rooster and the Villain related to that because it's got 98 likes right now which is pretty solid <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh that's that's us going viral i gotta ask how did you become a brighton fan okay so this is a good question i i grew up um i don't even know if it's considered southern outer banks but it's like a barrier island in southeastern north carolina so i grew up at the beach i grew up surfing and every like if I decide like, oh, I'm going to follow a league, I have to have a team like I just feel weird just doing the Rob Lowe NFL hat thing. So I when I pick a club, Bobcat, Bobcat's game the other night, there's a person with a piece of hat. <laughs> what? Was he like an official or <laughs> no, he was a dad. His two sons were there and they had played on Stumptown last year and they were from Maryland. Uh attending the game and he put this motherfucker had a Nisa hat on <laughs> but sorry I um, so yeah like when when I pick a club I, I think about like where where would I want to go to the beach in that area and of the when I when I picked they were just getting into the Premier League I think in 2016 and um, they were one of the few coastal clubs at that time and i was like you know that that seems like it's gonna be the best spot english channel i could probably go surfing there brightens my team plus it's a seagull so it fits the aesthetic english channel they've they've got swell in the uh english channel i believe so some guy on some guy on twitter told me i was an idiot and they don't have waves but every picture i've seen you know you just google brighton surfing and there's guys surfing pretty decent waves i mean it's a big enough i'm sure they get some waves in there this guy is from uh, Lake Michigan over here. They get waves there. And I'm a surfer yeah. as well. I'm yeah. excited to hear that you're a surfer. It's not ocean waves, but yeah. People surf on the Great Lakes, though. I've seen legit videos of that. I've seen that, like people sure. coming out with the icicles coming off their beards and shit. Lake Superior <laughs> gets some like legitimate swells, like very glassy, big giant yeah. waves. If you, if you also to, never gets warmer than like 65 degrees. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so cold. I, uh, so cold. everything, everything I know about how dangerous Lake Superior is, is from Gordon Lightfoot, that wreck of the Emmett <laughs> Fitzgerald song. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Jimmy, <laughs> Diggler. It's a, Hey, uh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh called that a toe tapper. I'm not even joking. Head coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines called oh, uh, the wreck the wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald the toe tapper. I I got that on my Amazon Music. I I love Gordon Lightfoot. Hundred uh, percent. I'm gonna check it sundown. out. Sundown is way better. But we don't have Did to you, all right, so we talked oh, about yeah. Tottenham game, the Villa game, Brighton Man United a little bit. You want to say any final thoughts about Brighton Man United, or we can move on to Leeds Wolves because I watched that one. One one last thing. Again, like I know you guys don't do this. We we went over this last season. I, I appreciated it after the the Tottenham game. The the hashtag teams like Brighton thing. Like that's y'all. They got to knock that off. It's every every bit of coverage I've heard is Manchester United is a wreck. Brighton got lucky, or you know they would say like, oh, decent game from Brighton, and then they'd launch into everything going wrong with United. Like Brighton's a good club. Brighton's gonna beat some big teams this year or at least draw with them. Fair so no more of the hashtag teams like Brighton. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that European uh, qualifying is in the cards for you all. So we'll see. Yep. Or Long season. Going to move on to England from what I've heard after Gareth Southgate loses in December. 
Good night. Game, game one, 3-0. No, they're going to lose to the U.S. 1-0 in the 95th minute to a Christian Pulisic heartbreaker. It would be epic. Imagine that. One can dream. Wherever, wherever you're getting that hopium from, just let me know. <laughs> talking about Middlesbrough? You're getting it from Middlesbrough? Yeah, so let's talk about Zach Steffen's game. He had a couple howlers there for uh, Jimmy. Did, were you the one that sent me that clip of? Yeah, he did have. He did some very soft goals, but no, that wasn't that wasn't me. Um, but I know he's uh, he, like he's 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 there for all like the fantastic saves and there for all like the ones you should have saved type goals, and that's always been Zach Steffen's biggest issue. So who's, I, starting, who's starting for you all right now in goal for USMNT? That Polish kid? Yeah. Gabriel yeah. Slonenia. Uh, oh, no, wait. He just got sent to the Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, yeah to probably he's, Chelsea. He's, he's, he, stays with, he stays with fire on loan until the end of the season. But yeah. Oh, okay. The first of many, um, probably, because Chelsea is annoying. I wish people would stop signing there. Well, maybe it'll change. It'll change, right? Because uh, they don't have the same director of player development anymore. It's a new ownership group, so maybe the loan army stops. Um, honestly, I would say, like, and it, like I don't. You're gonna, I'm gonna piss you off saying this, but right now it's still Matt Turner for me. The yeah. starting goal. Not me. I like Matt Turner. Oh, he's, a, he's a gunner now. You can't say you like him anymore. See. <laughs> I said this on Christian Dillon all the time. I'm USMNT one, oh. Tottenham two. Did you see what he did his last New England game? No. Someone came up with uh, like a Tottenham kit and wanted him to sign it, and it was his last game. He's like, no, I can't do that. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> like, what are you thinking, man? Why are you asking him that? Yeah, absurdity. So, all right. Matthew Hoppy to Middlesbrough. Great for him. Hope he gets on the field. But Aronson, Tyler Adams starting for Leeds in a win against Wolves 2-1. Pretty fucking awesome. So I watched the Leeds game. I'm probably going to catch a lot of Leeds games this year because I love watching U.S. players in the Prem. Did you all? Not just U.S. players, but like important important guys that are going to play like meaningful minutes for that team. If that team is survives first and foremost. And then secondly is has any sort of modicum of success. It's be going to be larger because of those guys. And then whether like, I know, I know you like, it's a USMNT thing that you're talking about, but like when you talk about us soccer in general, just also you throw Jack Harrison in there coming through wake forest um, as a college player and, you know, having a cup of tea in MLS also Mm -hmm. part of that team. So, um, Jesse yeah. Mark on top of it. Come on, it's just like it's dream well, scenario. It's, uh, it's Jed. It's Jed York, right? Like they're he's like a majority minority owner. Uh, the guy who owns the 49ers. Um, oh, so yeah. that's part of the play. But at the same time, like it's they're not doing it just to do it. Like they're getting like you know arguably two of the more influential players in the USMNT right now starting for them in in Aronson. Uh, Adams, tell me what you thought about the game because I watched the highlights and I thought they looked great, but I didn't know how they looked for all ninety minutes. You no, know, I caught bits and pieces of it because I was I had it on like emptying the dishwasher where the girls are just running chaos around the house. But I mean, obviously the stats you see out of that game out of our our two gentlemen are that's who I care about. Like when I watch a Leeds game, like I'm just watching these two players within the context of the Leeds game. And obviously, I want them to win because then they played a part in a win. But Aronson perhaps might be very, very fucking good. I mean, I don't want to be too optimistic, but he's uh, his energy level and his ability to find the goal is very exciting. And uh, if he does it in the Prem, that's fucking awesome. Tyler, I'm always a little more skeptical on. You want to talk about Aronson first, Jake? Yeah, they they should have just given him that goal. Like, what's wrong with y'all? That was his goal. The uh, 
That that one of the reasons not to ever believe Fop Mom. Uh, they have him as a six point three. That guy was fucking outstanding. Like uh, they had like advanced stats come out after the match, and uh, they were talking about him. He had the most. What was the term for it? I think it was like um, defenses against opposing players than anyone else in the league for week one. Like he was just if someone had the ball, he was going to go take it from him. His energy level apparently is off the charts. Like his, oh yeah, you know, his uh, uh, what's that stat called? Miles run. It's a different word for it, but he's got the he covers the most ground of anybody, and that was true in the Aus- Austrian Bundesliga as well. And he's got Champions League pedigree, and I know that the Philadelphia Union people just rant and rave about both him and Chris uh, Paxton too. So I Here's think the thing, though, like starting right wing at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard not to say starting right wing for USMNT. And we can get into – I was about to ask you guys, you're starting, starting three for USMNT here in a minute. So think about that while I uh, filibuster for you. But um, think about, like, you know, like how big of an impact, like, both Aronson and Adams arguably had in that game. And remember that Leeds barely hung on to, like, the last, like, two weeks to survive the Premier League. And Wolves were – very much challenging for like a Europa uh, conference league spot. Like the wolves are not a bad team. They're a really good team. And like, you know, they are, uh, you watched uh, Leeds offload Rafinha and Calvin Phillips, you know, the two quote unquote best players, like world, world-class players and replace them with Adams and Aronson and be a better team. Like that's, that's incredibly impressive. So I think that uh, as long as those guys stay healthy, the upside is, is huge. So hopefully that 30 seconds was enough uh, for you guys to filibuster here for um, if you're going like we're it's not even that far away now. We're at, we're at the end of August. It's like 102 we're, days. Or it's crazy. Yeah, we're less than, less than 100 days. What mm-hmm. is your starting front three? For the United States men's national team. I'm not asking for the full 11. Just asking Number for the attacking so front three. Difficult. So nobody can call it. Pulisic left, Aronson right. Number nine, Jesus Ferreira, I suppose. Okay. I got um, a little bit of a crazy one because I don't think Triple G would do it. But if I was in charge, I would do Wayo on the left, um, Aronson on the right, and Pulisic as a false nine. Okay. Not. I, I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that, I don't hate that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are I, I mean, I would put, I would put a, I would probably put P folk number nine, honestly. He gets a yeah. lot from the fan base unnecessarily. My man scores in the champions league. He scores in the Swedish league and so far has proven to score in the Bundesliga. If he continues his form, I think it's almost hard to argue. The, the thing about teams like that, like with him, him coming from what was a young boys and then Aronson coming from Red Bull Salzburg, people want to act like, oh, like they're in these lower leagues or whatever. And yeah, that's fine. But Red Bull Salzburg is a high powered team. Young boys is a high powered team. These these teams do a little bit of damage every year in the Champions League. Like these aren't scrub teams. If you're making this team, you're good. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Who do you have? Who you have who's your uh, front three there, Jimmy? Oh uh, no! Like uh, I mean, just on form right now, I would put uh, obviously Pulisic on the left. Um, I still have Wea on the right right I now. Do. Yeah, I really do. And and on on form right now, I like I would I put uh, Peacock in the middle. But um, I think the hardest part for me is like the like I I'm, I, I don't want to be the woulda coulda shoulda guy, but. I will sit here and argue with anybody that wants to listen that one of the three best players in the entire USMNT setup who isn't healthy, who would be starting in any of those positions would be Reyna. And oh, yeah. like, it's, it's super disappointing. Like it is amazing how quickly people are like, they're like, ah, he's a bust. Like, it's no, a like no, you, you, guys are, you guys are, don't, don't lose, don't lose sight. Cause yeah. that dude is unreal. If he can get him healthy, unreal. He might be the most devastating player in the in the setup, 
like people forget already from the summertime, like uh, not in the summer, but last summer, the like the the dribble he had against Mexico, just like shit he can do like that. Like he's so good. So you could you could always always in my mind. You could put uh, Pulisic on the left and Reyna as a false nine as well. That would be tremendous. Yeah, that I I hate the hate on, for that yeah. kid. He's so good, man. That's He's the most so good. Front three right there, Reyna, Pulisic, and Aronson, or Weah. I mean, I do. Weah is so fast. He's not a, not a number nine though. He's he's good on the right wing. Yeah. That's uh that's the the hard part is I wish Weah was like a striker. Like I thought like initially he was going to come up that way and uh, transition successfully, successfully yeah. to right wing. Like, yeah. But, um, um, Oh, sorry. The, uh, one guy to keep an eye on, obviously he's not going to be in this cycle, but when we get to watch games at home in 2026, the guy you need to watch out for is Diego Luna. That kid is going to be a superstar. He played for El Paso here. He's playing for Real Salt Lake now. And he's, he was part of the one of the main reasons that we're in the Olympics coming up. Oh, nice! Yeah, that Olympics yeah. qualifying like snuck up on me because I feel like we just went through one earlier in the spring and then I missed this one or, or yeah. missed last year the uh, Olympic qualifying. But yeah, we okay. lost a year though, right, for the Summer Olympics, and that's what pushed everything back. Kind of can uh, uh, we had the the twenty twenty Olympics in twenty twenty one, so yeah. like everything got got compacted for twenty twenty four. Um, no, it's a good shout. Like, I think that's the other thing too, is there's a ton of like, just think about like good young guys too. Like on top of that, like, uh, uh, uh Mike mentioned earlier, but Paxton Aronson. Oh yeah. Looking, looking just as, as dangerous as his brother. Um, so hopefully all those guys continue to grow and get opportunities, whether it's MLS or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to be excited for in USMNT. Who do you have on the back line from left to right? I mean, left, we actually discussed earlier. We were talking full on Jedi. Jedi. Left is Jedi. Lock. Left. Honestly, like, I, I'm all right. So I'm not a, not on performances for the USMNT. If we're talking about like players on form, like, I would say my center backs would be Carter Vickers and Zimmerman. And uh, people forget about Carter Vickers just because he played in Scottish League, but like he played really well for Celtic, which are a really big club. Um, and I know he hasn't been like he's been around the USMNT, but hasn't been really in the setup in a couple of years. But I, I like him way better. Like if anyone asks me with goddamn Aaron Long or uh, Lord help me Tim Ream, um, I'll lose my <laughs> shit. But. Um, and then right now, uh, right back for me, I like, I want it to be Dest, but it's not Dest. I, I would say it's probably Yedlin or Cannon right now for me. I like Yedlin actually. I think, uh, I think he brings a certain toughness to the squad that that young group needs a bit, a veteran preference, uh, you know, presence at right back. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, of course you love Dest, but Yedlin definitely adds to that picture <laughs> defense there. Dest has the highest upside. I'll say that. Like, I think that, like, if you talk about, like, the guy you want it to be, right. I would say it's Dest, but he's just not there yet. Like, I can't trust him in in uh, England start every game for World Cup. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So then the middle, I, I think Walker Zimmerman, in my opinion, is – a lock as well. I thought he just played so well during qualifying. I, I he was one of my players all qualifying cycle. Personally, I thought I'm hard leaving him off the off the sheet. On on form the last two years, whether it was for club or country, uh, he's he's earned it. And I I say that like not not initially being a biggest biggest fan of him, but he's just been so really good. As uh, Euro snobs that Jimmy and I are, of course I. Was, yeah. Uh, so the other so so left center back is one of the ones in question right now was it miles robinson he played most of qualifying but he got an acl injury is that correct uh was acl or achilles i think achilles achilles Achilles, yeah 
That's what Aaron yeah. Long uh, recovered from. Yeah, Carter. Uh, you also, you also there, Jake. I'll say you also assumed that Jake had Walker Zimmerman. We don't have to. He can have his own. His own. Yeah, lose you guys. Backs. Oh, right, let's see. I think I dropped yeah. out. Uh, no, it's very brief. We we asked you, uh, who's your center back pairing? USMNT. Um, I think it's Walker Zimmerman, and then I would go Carter Vickers, as of right now. Yes, I like it. Big jumping on Jimmy's D right there. Another another one like how how you were saying with the like you want it to be. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Because we haven't talked about him in forever, or I haven't talked about him in forever. Um, was on Wolfsburg. Oh, uh, oh John, John Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. yeah, like I, I want him to do well because I've seen him do well, and it's like one of those like shake a person, get your shit together. It is, it is mind blowing that we are at the middle of August and he still doesn't have a club. He is just a free agent right now. He doesn't have a team. Uh, that's not good. That's not good news at all. No, not for him and his World Cup hopes for sure. No, it's his last chance too. But he did score an epic header. Epic. <laughs> I just wonder if there's something else going on. There's got to be something else going on, like like outside of soccer, that's like preventing him from focusing on that or something. I don't know because it's been it's been Imagine coming. Diazga comes back in the picture. Like let's say no, FC that. Cincinnati, he starts playing that defense. Fuck. I liked Miazga when he was on uh, USMNT. You're a hater? Oh, boo. Yeah, I, I don't like... The only good thing I like from Miazga, and it's because I hate Linez, and the, it was the, the head thing. That was the only reason I like him. Linez is the most annoying fucking dude I've ever seen on the, on a football field. Just a little guy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, fucking Miazga. He's, he's useless. That's why you couldn't even get a sniff at Chelsea. So what do we got? Three players left in that midfield. Is that midfield? That's Set? the easiest one. I mean, Adams and Musa. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it would yeah, be it's really fun. hard for somebody to crack that right now. And I would I would only There's argue to crack that if you told me that Reyna couldn't be if he was healthy and couldn't be in the starting forwards that Reyna would probably take uh, Musa's spot in the midfield for me. But that would be it. Or let's see what injuries happen in the first three months of the season because definitely a concern. I I think um, I think with Gattuso being at um, with Gattuso being at Valencia and employing that four four two three one, Moose is going to be in that uh, that pure low spot, that second defensive midfielder that's allowed to go up and back. He's he's going to fucking shine this year for Valencia. That kid's going to be a star. The uh, the four four two didn't fit him at all. Like he he's fast enough to play as a right mid, and he's got the ability to do it. But that that center midfield, if you have him in a place where he can just spray passes, that that kid's going to be a superstar. He is he is a total box to box midfielder and can be more than that if you need him to be like super athletic, very smart player. Just McKenney maturity. McKenney is my favorite USMNT player when when healthy, which can be an issue, but. On USMNT, when he's wearing the red, white, and blue, he is just a fucking animal. And he's not scared of anything. He's fucking flashy. And I love it. Fucking love everything about Weston McKinney. Yeah, I think he, I think, I think he's the most, like, just as pure talent. I think he's the most talented. But he's one of those dudes where sometimes you just want to scream at him, like, get your head out of your ass. Like, the showing up late shit and all that stuff, like, no reason for that. I know you're in your early 20s, but you're on the fucking national team, man. Get it together. I think you did, though. I think that was this week of call. Jake, you're just trying to bang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have broke a little curfew for that at 20 years old. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right, fine. But I think he's got his head, of, head out of his ass now. I think he's aware of his consequences and is that a big club like Juventus like you know he's not getting around with much shit there I think uh, I think we're okay with him he'll be good he's a good player alright so we got the USMNT Greg get get triple G's on the, the blower we have it all figured out I'm just going to do them 
Um, we're at rant time, actually, 56 minutes. I, Jake, it was so nice to have you. It was nice to get back in the room with Jimmy, but to have this fresh uh, perspective jump into the room was just completely awesome. And it's been really fun doing the podcast. I, I appreciate you. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I, um, when you, when you first told me or like what I was joking around with you about, like predicting 15 points in the first, you know, five games for Brighton or whatever, I was going to come in all pro wrestling heel. It's, oh yeah. Grand Potter's God. And then, then that now, nah, but it, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to talk with you guys. You guys are, you guys are good dudes. You are uh, you are more than welcome anytime for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, we're gonna try to, you know, I gotta balance my home life and podcasting world here, but we'll try to put on some regular rooster and the villains mid season here. And Speaking about of end November, so yeah. Speaking of your home life, man, your your daughter that was the cutest thing in the world on that on the Bobcats that was Bobcast that was fantastic. Dude. You heard it at the end there, little Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> She's my, uh, don't tell the other one right now. And I hope she never listens to this when I die, which is a joke. We always say on the rooster. My buddy right now, she just loves dad. All about dad. We're hanging out. We're chilling. She was so cool that night. Like, just, we were just walking around the stadium. And now she's four, so her attention span isn't that great. So we're just, like, walking mm-hmm. around the stand and the, in the grass area. It was just delightful. Little Maryland sunset. I, I had a blast. I can't say how awesome that night was for for me and and the girl there i was uh i was getting burned up burned up it was like another 100 degree day here the the van was stuck i was cussing up a storm and then that part came on and i was like oh <laughs> she's the baby she's still just the baby four years old too that's my rant thanks for setting me up there <laughs> jimmy oh uh, I'm not angry enough yet to rant, but uh, it's nice. Uh, it's nice that the Premier League is back. I look forward to doing more of this. I love that we can bring in some uh, uh, some people that we like, obviously from the extended family. Um, uh, people we bring in from the extended family here to to talk about other clubs as well. So hopefully we can do more of that throughout the season and uh, you know open this up for everybody to to give their two cents, but. This is fun. I miss this, and I'm glad it's back. Amen. Any last words, Jake? Um, if it doesn't happen by the end of this month, look at January. Ronaldo will be in the MLS. That's the only place left for him. That's a rape out accusation. He can't come to MLS. Jake, you, you waited to the end of the episode to hit me with that hot take? <laughs> the end of the episode for that hot take. Okay. The, right. por- the Portuguese anchor. The Carmelo, <laughs> the Carmelo Anthony of world football. Wait, are you going to call the team? Are you calling the team? Not, not today. What do you call mean? What team is going yeah, to? Call which oh, team? Uh, it's either it's either going to be Miami. It's going. I'm going to say Miami or N- NYCFC. All right. I guess there's both no teams in Nevada, so he's probably fine from the accusations. Oh. Oh no, they uh, they got cleared out. The. Uh, they did. Her her attorney pulled an Alex Jones attorney and had all the jelly beans fall out of his briefcase. Apparently, he used like the wrong documents or some shit. Oh, and it got it got canned. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. It does change my opinion of him. Why? I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of that dude. I'm I'm not one of those like messy Ronaldo guys. Those are the weirdest dudes on Twitter too. Really? Like, I, oh god, yeah. those guys are so weird. Yeah, why? Is it, why do you care? Stop caring so much. Yeah. In in the world of Ronaldo and Ronaldo and Messi, be a Potter guy. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm right there. <laughs> Cut. Cut.